0: Good Wednesday morning, and today John got an email that he's going to read from a listener, and she has a question, and John's going John's gonna to answer it for us. Hello, my name is Natalie. I am a nurse practitioner. I've been listening to your lectures this past month, and I feel like I'm listening to someone put words, put into words, she's a bit out there, so many of the things I couldn't quite verbalize. I'm curious if you have any book recommendations that would help me become a better nurse practitioner. I'm starting in-home cardiology jobs soon. It will be low-risk patients for the most part, but I don't want to stop learning general medicine and miss out on a bigger foundation for myself as I grow. What are your thoughts? Emails like that one are always a joy to get, but then one has the question, and I haven't yet answered it, as to how one should answer Uh, a question like that. Um, It's a common one. Uh, Fortunately for me, I have one easy way in that I have a a granddaughter who uh, came, grew up in Malawi, came to Canada to do nursing, and after a year of nursing, she said, I have to take a year off and come and do the Augustine course because I thought I knew how to talk about my faith in the university, but i i don't uh, and you do um she had a lovely year and we obviously keep in touch and obviously i could i could connect those two because they would immediately have a uh, a common interest in knowing how to proceed without losing what you've already gained um so um I haven't yet decided what I would, would say, but when I talk to medical students, uh, and I'm not sure how far along they are in the, uh, the story of faith, uh, I will almost invariably begin with, uh, what I say, the four key insights that uh, Hippocrates had, uh, he and his colleagues uh, some uh, six centuries before Christ, Because if you look at the so-called Hippocratic Oath, um, well, not so-called, it is, it does come from that point, that place and that time, on a little island of Kos, but you you can look at it in a modern way, uh, in terms of what's there that the modern world doesn't hear. Uh, This was a gift to me because I went to graduation, because I was bullied into going, because some students who'd been in my Bible study group wanted me to meet their, their parents, so I went along. And I didn't have a program, so when it came to the Hippocratic Oath, I thought, no way. And the end, end result was a, was a talk. But So the four key ideas that one needs to get into the head of Christians, medical students, uh, that they can hold on to throughout their course, and nurses too, and anybody who's involved in patient care, the first thing that Hippocrates w- said was, I will not teach the art of medicine to anyone who has not taken this oath. Now, in other words, this wasn't a graduation oath. It was an entry into medicine oath. Because he, he, he understands completely that without transcendence, medicine is not going to work. Was not going to improve from where it was at that time. Uh, doctors or people, herbalists and the like, have always existed, and they always tended to become expert in poisons as well as in therapy. So throughout the history of uh, that kind of activity, there is a poisoning strand, and. So when you went to the doctor, you must always worry whether someone else might not have paid more for your death than you've paid for your life. And come to think of it, there's no reason why you shouldn't take both fees. It's a frightening situation. Now, they had very little in the way of therapy, so Hippocrates and his colleagues were asking the question, what can we do to improve medicine? And they realised that trust is therapeutic. I mean, trust. Up until the 1860s, the only thing that you got from the doctor was his professional account of what what you're going through and whether it was mortal or not. You had to trust him. Well, that trust goes back to Hippocrates. So he says, I bow by Apollo, I Panacea, Sclepius, and all the gods and goddesses. Now, Christians, when they were more sophisticated than they are now, actually took that oath for many hundreds of years not because they believed in those gods and goddesses. That was simply to honor the people who had the insight. The oath was valid because they took the oath to the God they believed in, and that's what made the difference over time. But they wanted to honor the people who'd first given us the insight. Now we're not capable of such sophisticated uh, analysis, shall I say. So... Uh the easy way to make the point is very simple. If your doctor says I'm just a reductionistic scientist, when we're dead, we're finished. If your doctor's like that, he doesn't believe in any consequences from this life to the afterlife, are you going to trust him more or less than a doctor who does believe he'll just judged after death? And That's a no-brainer. You need your doctor to fear outcomes if they're unethical because he knows he's going to face judgment. Now, that doesn't even occur to the people who are in charge of medical education now. You'll never hear a discussion of that in the modern world. It needs to happen, but it won't. Only in a few uh, special arenas. So, that was number one. Number two, uh, to introduce these naive young Alabama students, uh, is that the idea, uh, how best to put it for the modern world, that what you do in medicine is not primarily technical or scientific. It is, in fact, primarily moral. Because every patient comes to the doctor They do not have to take your advice, so the issue at stake is how am I going to help them to decide what they ought to do? And ought is not a word that's derivable from physical facts. What you ought to do depends upon what your moral understanding of the world is. So, way back there, uh, nearly 3,000 years ago, getting on towards it, Smart doctors realised that medicine was a moral activity. Now, most of them would deny it. But they were right and we're wrong. Now, the key test for them was they said, look, the really worrying thing for patients is getting killed by the doctor. So, we will make the public promise that under no circumstances will we kill patients. It's not our job. We will not provide an abortive rem- remedy. We will not even counsel suicide because bigger things are at stake. But, of course, our modern liberal world doesn't even see what's at stake. At the very least, there should have been one group of people who are not allowed to kill patients and one lot of, a group of people who are not allowed to do abortions. Doctors. Because it undermines something very precious. And you can be taught to kill somebody with an IV or to do an abortion in in a maximum of six weeks, you do not need to go to medical school for six years. So we should have, in the legislation, it should have been a no-brainer that doctors must not do this. I would suggest lawyers and politicians. It would do them good to realise that it's not a small, trivial thing to terminate another human life. Uh, I would think I'd died and gone to heaven if we passed legislation like that, but I think you can make a very good case for doing it." And uh, certainly the Hippocratic physicians uh, understood that. And then finally, uh, there is the claim in the Hippocratic Oath that I must be allowed to guard my life and art in purity, you must give me conscience rights. Now, the modern world, just as it can't define a woman, can't define conscience either. And Obama made no provision for conscience rights in Obamacare. We really are losing our way uh, very badly. Um, So one needs to understand that. So that's another little block for you, uh, an end point for today, if you wish. And then she specifically asked for any book recommendations, and I know you have a recommendation list on your website. Would there be a book or two on that list that you'd recommend? I've got to think a bit more about that in terms of I'm uh, realizing because reading has been so neglected, uh, I tend to jump in too far upstream. I need some more straightforward introductory bits. So. Uh, The way I'm going to do that, I'm going to suggest she reads a chapter and then gets back to me and see how that goes. Thank you, Dr. John, and thank you guys all for listening. If you have a question that you want Dr. John to answer for you, you can write that at www.johnpatrick.ca forward slash ask, or you can find that link in the description below. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.